Good morning, Sarah Hepla. Good morning, Nancy Rollman. You have this um, kind of like sexy bedhead thing going on. I feel like we just woke up next to each other. Hi, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I didn't just wake up. I've been up a little bit, but I am here uh, in the Mojave Desert and uh, I'm looking out at some Joshua trees and the sun. And um, it's, I think, I got to tell you, every time I come back to California where I lived for 18 years, there's like this, I wrote this the other day, there's like, there's something gets seeded under your skin and then you get here and it activates and you're like, you know, I don't know, maybe I could move back here. It's like right now. Man, I love California so much and I cannot believe I've never lived there. Um, But I, I just, I, I, you know, I got really close to moving to LA about um, seven years ago. And I was, you know, doing this thing where I was going out there and staying in an Airbnb for like a month out of the year. And then I just finally decided that what I wanted to do was spend a month in L.A. We are, what part of town would you go to? Um, Like I was in one year I was in Mount Washington um, mm-hmm. and then another I was in, you know, Silver Lake. Um, so I was always an East Side girl, which makes sense yeah. if you're a New York City girl. But for the past four or five years when I've been coming out here, we've been staying on the West Side. And oh. girl, it is just the air and the light, and it's 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 really nice. And um, out here in the desert, it's just nice. To, I I don't think I could live in the desert. I would like shrivel up and turn into a little prune like overnight. And also, it's it's great. It's beautiful. It's um, it's um. I'll I'll tell you a little story. So we we got here yesterday, went through Pioneer Town, and that's Pioneer Town is where my late ex Tim and his dad lived like in the early 1980s. And I, I tell you, I'm, I don't think I'm exaggerating to tell you the like little shack house that they stayed in was $20 a month because there was oh my no, God. that much, much out there. And they had this big like international Harvester scout truck of some sort. And um, I'm sorry, here, what is Pioneer Town? It Pioneer- sounds like some sort of um, like Disney World uh, place. Well, it's, it's, they it, do have like a little- city? You know, it's a little, it's, it's here in the Mojave desert. Um, oh. like not far from like 29 Palms. It's a little city out here. It may be called that because, and I can look this up, um, because I think they probably shot some movies out here. It's very, like you look at it, you're like, oh my God, I've seen this in 7,000 movies, you know, like the rock right. formations and then they made the horse will be running. And there was a little, um, there's a place called Pappy and Harriet's. Pappy and Harriet's is pretty well known now, bar, restaurant. Um, and apparently, uh, it was, it has been for a long time because there was like a little hotel where movie stars would stay like back in the, you know, middle of the last century. But when I came out here with Tim, he'd lived close to them and he's like, let's go to Pappy and Harriet's. And there was Pappy and Harriet. This was back in the mid eighties, like 87 maybe. And now it's, I, I ate dinner there with Liz Wolf last year and it's like, it's a lot bigger. It's more built up. Um, but in any case, there's a weird, not weird, it's a um, wonderful sense of you're so, you're so tiny when you get out here. You just realize how absolutely tiny you are. And we took a big that, long yeah. walk before sunset last night and looking at all the, you know, the creosote and the Joshua trees and the different things like you can make Mormon tea out of this plant. And here you see the bighorn sheep in the morning, but you're just this tiny little speck in this like moonscape, beautiful landscape and the air is fantastic and the sky is beautiful. It's very, very good to get out here. Um, And I really was thinking about Tim and his dad. We were just driving up these little roads and I was like, they were here and like, they're still here. 
I, I I don't mean to sound like spiritual or anything here. It's just it's a very the desert is a good place to come sometimes. I don't yeah, think I'm that's, I that's really <laughs> love I really love the desert and I love how like you said it it smalls you you know yeah, it, it it places you. you it 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 puts you in in it's one of the best ways to get perspective for me um I I always feel like I leave the desert having a better sense of connection to the world but also just like more right-sized in my problems Yes, that's exactly right. And uh, we're staying here uh, with our friend who has a fantastic podcast um, or, or a radio show actually called Desert Oracle. And I highly recommend it. We'll put a link to it. I'm actually sitting at his little podcast station right now, looking out the window at the Joshua Tree and the sunshine coming through. And um, he he talks about every single day, twice a day, taking a long, like an hour long walk through the desert oh, with his dog. Yeah. And you can't, how do you think of a better constitutional than that? It's just, yeah. it's just really good. So um, I'm glad to be here. Uh, head back to uh, LA today. Stay here for about another three or four days, but it's been nice, really nice to be, be back in California. So thank you, California. Appreciate it. This Sunday, um, we are going to be having our first Sunday Zoom hang. Yes, we are. Hey, we didn't, like last time it was so cool. We gave people like, not an assignment, but we told them if they wanted to watch this movie Shattered Glass, which was great. And, uh, yeah. and it was really fun a lot to of talk fun. about. But we've, we've failed. We failed and have not given any given people an assignment. Have you, or have you? Um, no, no, we haven't. So you're going to have to come up and, um, you know, maybe we'll, we'll chat. I'd like to chat some Russell Brand and other things going on. Okay. You know, talk yep. to people about what's going on in the... Yep. in the world today. Um, speaking of what's going on in the world today, we've had a we've had a few people write in and say they really appreciate it when one or the other of us, and probably me, goes on a journalistic rant. Um, <clears throat> is is everybody ready for the next one? I realize it's early; it's only um seven twenty five in the morning here in uh, in the Mojave Desert. But I'm I'm ready, Sarah. Are you ready? Oh, here we go. Okay, here we go. So last week. Um, Dave Portnoy, who runs something called Barstool Sports, incredibly popular. Um, he all, oh, go for it. Go Can for I it. just pause you and yes. say how much did, so there's been this, this eruption around Dave Portnoy and we're going to talk about this, but I'm just curious, how much did you know about him before this started? I knew a little bit and I'll tell you why, because, um, when the one bite pizza reviews that he does, I saw for the first time, maybe four years ago. You know, I like food. I, I happened on this thing. I thought it was really fun. This guy walks in, you know, gets a piece of pizza. He stands in front of the place. He takes a bite. He chews and he kind of gives like a little capsule review. Now it was fun. And, and I, you know, pizza is a pretty fast thing to evaluate. It's not like you're going to yeah. do a restaurant review. You got to go back three times. And, um, and then I was like, who is that guy? I know who that guy is. Oh yeah. It's that barstool sports. Now I don't follow barstool sports, but I think I've probably like checked in on a few stories that they've covered. I also knew they were really huge. I also knew that he was kind of an obnoxious douche bro. Like, so that's what I knew about him. And that's why I was asking you about them. You know, I knew that barstool sports was like, um, you know, like really popular kind of low brow and, and goofy. Um, but, but probably like, like if you, you know, if you follow, if you just want to go to a place and talk like, I don't know, sports, booze and 
babes, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And and, um, I, and and I knew that this guy Portnoy was somebody that I wasn't supposed to like, but I really didn't know exactly why. Right. Uh, I'm looking for something as we're talking. Keep talking for a second, Sarah, because I have to find an article that, that is going to reference what we're talking about. Well, sure. We just and keep- the other thing I'll say is that when I saw him, I, I realized that Dave Portnoy looks like Mark Zuckerberg's frat bro brother that went to a state school. Yeah. Yeah. They're not. Yes. Yes. That's true. They and look a lot alike. Uh, I think Portnoy is a little more. I would say like masculine, maybe he looks a little like more like beefier, a little broier for sure. And he talks. That's why. Yeah. He went, yeah. he went, he was a, he went, he was in a frat at the state school. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And he's, he, you know, I, I like, look, I haven't looked into a, a lot about him, but I know a little bit about him and I'll tell you why. So back in 2020, I believe I wound up getting this weird contact phone call from this woman who said that she had the goods on Jacob Wool, W-O-H-L. And Jacob Wool was this sort of hoaxer with his partner, Berkman, kept like trying to get politicians in trouble. Like they would stand on somebody's doorstep and say like, we've got the goods on this guy. Do you remember this guy? Do you remember this guy, Jacob Wool? I don't know what you're talking about right okay, now. Okay, let me let me let me just uh, let me just not be so. Uh, let me get my facts straight here, Sarah. You know it's a problem for me. Jacob Wall is an American far right conspiracy theorist, fraudster, and convicted felon. Wallen and conservative lobbyist and conspiracy theorist Jack Berkman have been responsible for the multiple unsuccessful plots to frame public figures for fictitious sexual assaults. And I'll I'll put a link to the story. And they they were like these really just terrible, like little cretinous creatures that sort of, Hmm. I mean, I'm sure we've always had them pop up, but you know, during the Trump administration, it was just like bananas, right? Yeah. So I get this call. How did this happen? I don't even remember um, from this girl telling me she's got the goods on Jacob Wall. Okay. I listen and she's got these recordings and all this stuff that they were accepting money from blah, blah, blah. Well, I wrote a piece that turned out, and I'm only knowing this because Matt told me it was like the second most re- read piece in reason for 2020, something like that. Mm-hmm. But it turns out she was also hoaxing me. Okay. Oh, she no. Was oh no. Actually working for them, which I of course got in the piece, which was good. Oh, um, oh okay. You figured yeah, yeah, this yeah, out yeah. at some point. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Figured out, yeah. like figured out how, but she tried at one point point like she kept calling me it was so weird and she's like I want to talk to you about El Presidente El Presidente I'm like what who El Presidente who like what country are we talking about here no it was about um it was about uh Dave Portnoy who goes by El Presidente and she was trying to pin all this like sexual stuff on him so I wound up looking into him a little bit and yeah there have been allegations not so much I don't think allegations of like rape or anything like that, but just that he's a douche bro, right? He's like total creepy stuff. And it was stuff like, um, filming women having sex without their consent. Um, I don't remember that, but I remember things like, you know, that one's from business insider. And then there was also like, he was 44 and dating a 19 year old. Yeah. So, um, you know, which is like not illegal, but is not advisable. Well, and 
it's also something I'm, I, I, I hate to break it. And I realize people are listening to this for the very first time ever. It does seem to be the case that occasionally older dudes with that are, are successful with money sometimes wind up getting these younger, hot girlfriends. I don't know what it is, Sarah. I Oh, yeah. It, it oh, yeah. It's no also sense, like one but... of the oldest stories from time immemorial. No, yeah. I, I do. That is so true. <laughs> uh, I didn't mean to leave that out of the description. <laughs> uh, I do remember like, but you know, but we now live in this time where there's this, you know, you can now look at those those relationships and say, well, oh, but there's a power differential. And, and so, and, and you know, and by the way, the power differential was the turn on. That was why younger women often wanted to date older men. But in this case, he, he was like, um, she talked about having, you know, being very humiliated by the experience, having but, suicidal and, and thoughts afterward. Not a great, like. All just, potentially true. Absolutely. All potentially not true. And a good deal. And like, doesn't seem like a no, he does not, great here's a, guy. Here's the thing. We're going to get into why we're talking about this. So let, let's just roll back the tape a little bit. So D Dave Portnoy, for all his douche pro characteristics, he's also incredibly successful in terms of barstool sports. It makes tons of money. I believe now that, you know, the New York Times sports section completely went out of business a couple of weeks ago. And I mm -hmm. think they might've been sort of like using barstool sports content because there's a lot of it there. I'm not sure. Don't, don't quote me on that. Our friend uh, Ethan Strauss knows a lot about that and I'll put a link in there. But one thing that he has become really super well known for is this one bite pizza review. Now, Look, such a smart idea, by the way. Such a smart... Oh, man, I wish I'd thought of this damn idea. Um, it's and such a good idea. He just goes into all these different places, takes one bite, and then just sort of sounds off. It's such a great... Like, like of course, this thing is going to go viral, especially with their audience and their audience's sort of needs and interests. Like, who doesn't... Anyway, I thought it was just a brilliant idea. Right. And so let's let's talk about pizza places, not, you know, Papa John's and Domino's Pizza, but most pizza places are like small pizza joints, right? You know, they're yeah. like maybe started by a family. Like every town's got one, not every town, but, you know, most towns, especially East Coast, where I think he's located. It's, yeah. He's you know, and Boston, it's like, you know, right? New Haven or Boston or New Jersey. I think he might be in New Jersey. I don't know. But oh, that's right. Yeah, he might. He's yeah. like a small, like it's a... It's these people, their lives become utterly changed when he goes in and gives them a good review. Like it's, it's bananas. Like you, you change people's fortunes completely. So obviously he's become popular with a lot of people, but he's also become popular with the public because here's something I want to stress. I believe that everything that we do, whether it's, you know, a newspaper or, you know, music or food review or whatever kind of art you're engaging in, you're doing it for the reader or the listener or the viewer. These are the people where you want it to land. This is where it's important. Obviously, One Bite Pizza Reviews is landing with people. It makes them feel, mm -hmm. and then they can go experience it for like $3, you know, for a slice. It's also like, it's just, it's, it's been great. So what happens? They decide, it, they believe in Brooklyn, there was going to be a one-bite pizza festival, right? And a whole bunch of people were invited to participate, a whole bunch of, um, of, of pizza joints, these like small pizza joints, including the place where my dad, John's Pizzeria on Bleecker Street in New York City, used to eat an entire pie by himself in the oh, 1950s when he was a teenager after playing basketball. So John's Pizzeria, I used to eat there. Hell yeah. Still great pizza. Yeah. So- there's going to be this pizza, which he, I believe, 
I believe it's Barstool Sports or One Bite Pizza, whatever is sort of sponsoring. All these people are, are coming in to do it. Well, here's why we're talking about this. The Washington Post, the food section, decides to do a piece on this, which let me tell you, if I'm the editor of the Washington Post food section, there's a dozen ways I can think you can you can talk about this. You can talk to Portnoy. You can talk to maybe one person who's part of it and talk to their, like, what's your story? How did this happen? And then you kind of like cover the story in a larger way. You can talk about the importance of pizza, you know, to American culture. You could do this any number of ways. But that's not the way the Washington Post food section decided to do this. The way the Washington Post food decided to do this was they decided that they were going to talk about what a douchebag Dave Portnoy was and a misogynist and a dangerous person. And the way they were going to do this is they were going to write emails to the participating pizza places saying, are you aware of Dave Portnoy's history? And do you really want to be involved in this? That's how they did it. And I thought, if you will indulge me, Dave Portnoy caught wind of this, uh, that this was happening, obviously through maybe one of the pizzerias whose fortunes he had changed. And mm -hmm. he decided to give a call to the writer. I'm not going to go too long, but I'd like to play about a minute and 18 seconds of the call that happened last week. It was a cold call. Hey, Emily, this is Dave Portnoy calling. Uh, I'm recording you right now. But I've noticed a bunch of people. You're, it seems like you're sending. We have this pizza fest happening on Saturday, and you're reaching out to our advertisers, and you're basically sending an email that says, to the effect, Dave's a misogenic racist. Do you want to defend yourselves advertising at this event, right? I'm sorry. What's your name, Dave? I'm sorry. Who are you? I'm the guy you're writing the article about, Dave Portnoy. Oh, you're Dave Portnoy. Oh, hey, how are you? Good. Like that. Well, I, I can I can read if you want. If you want, I can read what you actually sent. I have it. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I sent a bunch of notes, so I want to make sure I know which one. Okay. Uh, we are planning to write about the festival and how and how some of the sponsors and participants have drawn criticism by seemingly to associate themselves with Dave Portnoy, who has a history of misogynic comments and other problematic behavior. I want to make sure that Blank had a chance to respond to this since the company is the most prominent and they're partners of his festival. Oh, that's the one I sent to which was definitely the most pointed of them because I really did want them to respond and I was hoping to get something from them. Do you think that's fair? Like, I, I totally disagree with the... Okay. Uh. Sarah? Okay, so let's just... Let's calm our, let's calm our blood pressure for one second. Uh. And can you tell me... What was, what was wrong with um with her responses to him? Okay, well, I mean, first of all, oh, I just I can't. This thing, by the way, goes on for like eleven minutes, eleven or something minutes. like that. Yeah, yeah. And he and gets there's there's some points where he gets kind of douchey for sure. But he the gets first very douchey. And minutes. also, like I am, I am. I know you're gonna go on a rant about how this is, um, you know journalistically very questionable to have done this. And it's not that I disagree with you. It's that I cringe a million times a million. thinking of getting this call. A million. I can feel myself in that cubicle and picking up the phone. And then he starts talking and the whole like dodge of like, 
who is this? You oh know, where she, oh you know, God. she knows who it is. You she's, know, she's, 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 buying knows herself she's time. totally buying time. She's buying time because it's like, oh my God, this guy called me and what am I going to do? And I can't, you know, I, 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 I just, I'm sorry. I cannot get out of my skin feeling bad for this writer who I think made a big mistake. Yes. Made a big mistake, yes. but I yes. don't know where that mistake came from. In other words, this th- this is a food writer. This is not an investigative journalist. Um, you know, did did her editor tell her to to handle it this way? This person sounds young. This person is caught completely flat footed. And then, if you want to know what this person did wrong, what this person did wrong was say, "I didn't say anything like that." And then, you know, I mean, in addition to like, I don't think. This is the approach for the story. And B, when this person calls, it's like, oh, no, 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 I didn't do that. And then he reads it. And it's, 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 it's excruciating. This is like what they play in hell for me. Yes, I was squirming. I was squirming so hard listening to this. Like, okay, so here's what, and I'm actually smiling right now because I love you and you're so good in what you said. So the first thing she does wrong is, wait, wait, who is this? She knows exactly who this is. He's just introduced himself and she's writing about him. Okay. But I, okay. I get it. Like she's buying time. She's like, oh my God, I'm about to drown. What can I grab onto? Okay. So that's number one problem, but okay, we get it. Number two, she, she lies. She basically lies like, well, oh no, no, no. I, I never said anything like that. That's a big problem. We'll get back to that in a second. Then Three, which I didn't play because it's it's too long and we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, she deflects. She's like, oh yeah, well, I'm working on this with a partner. Okay, again, it's like, please don't just don't just whip me. Not just me. Whip, whip, Not just whip me. me with um and then later on, which is really uh, I'm gonna boy, I'm gonna go off on this. She he says, Were you gonna call me? Were you gonna maybe call me and talk about this? And she said, Oh yeah, oh no, definitely. I, we were, yeah, we were we were gonna get to that. And he's like, Okay, well, when? And she's like, um, um, how about 10 o'clock tomorrow morning? He's like, okay. Then the Washington Post cancels that, that phone call with him. Right. And then I guess they do contact him eventually because this is in the piece that finally runs. Says, well, we, you know, we were going to get in touch with him, but he canceled on us. And then he didn't want to answer some written questions. What it says is we, try- what it says is we tried to reschedule. Yeah. And then when we gave him a different uh, option, he said no. And then he wouldn't respond to questions by email, which, you know, that's it's I mean, lame. the questions by email thing is such a is so I, lame. I've done it with people. And that's fine. I, know, I have done it with people. Yeah. But like in I mean, this particular case, this this little interaction called for something bigger, like called for some sort of conversation that was bigger and a and a story that was more addressing this thing than, than what came out of it. Um, uh, now, I don't know if this is the case, but I have been on the other side of this when um, the whole crazy Ristretto Roasters things was happening mm-hmm. in Portland and the local papers were just like gobbling, gobbling, like writing all these stories all the time. This story posts, let's say it posts at 10 after 12, right? And it's awful. And it says, we tried to reach Nancy Rommelman, but couldn't reach her for a comment. And I'm like, you did? They didn't ever, they never emailed me. They never, um, they were, so I go, I happen to go on Facebook and there's a message from this person, but of course I don't follow her. So I would not see it. It's in your hidden messages. And it was from like noon. 
It's from okay? 10 minutes. From 10 minutes before. I called her. I called her on the phone. I was like, hi, it's mm-hmm. Nancy Rommelman. Oh, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm very easy to find. I'm like super easy to find. If you'd wanted to talk to me, right. you could have done that. And I was like, I don't appreciate that you're trying to insinuate that I would not. And I think they actually took it out or they like changed the wording of it because yeah. it's online, of course. Um, I don't know if that's what the Washington Post was planning to do. Like, you know, contact him half an hour before the piece goes up, which is just really shitty journalism. If you're, and I'm not saying they did this, but if you're, if he's the subject of your piece, you don't write the whole piece and then say, okay, let's, maybe we'll get him to say something like what is, it doesn't really matter. Also to your point, was this story assigned? I don't know, but if it was assigned, what is the point of this story? This clicks, is in- clicks, 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 baby, clicks. We're going to okay. get a viral story in the food section because, you know, this is one of the go-to stories, you know, is like there's an offensive person doing something that they've what's, decided. What's your adjacency? Like, why are you involved? So I will say, and this has been pretty widely, see, I don't really think that, the, first of all, I think the Washington Post is sucking wind. If this is what they think is going to like save their paper and make it. This I don't is think the, it's going to save their paper. It not was save just- their paper, but it's the kind of thing we want to run. Okay. The Washington Post has lost 500,000 subscribers since Trump is out of office. The Washington Post, you know, democracy dies in darkness. They were like, you know, one of the standard bearers. We were going to follow everything here because they were going to fight the good fight. And they had a pretty good run in Bezos, Jeff Bezos. There was a lot of money, but now it is 2023. Okay. And the way that we are going to, the kind of journalism we're going to stand for is something that does not address things honestly and also runs a story. What is the point of this story? Who have you brought delight to in the story? Have you brought it to the people that like pizza in your food section? If you wanted to do an investigative story on Dave Portnoy, do it. I'm fine. Absolutely 100% fine. But they did not do that. They just chose this very sort of, it's, I know, Sarah, you say to me, journalism is what we make it. Mm-hmm. If that is journalism, I'm, I don't practice it. I do not practice this kind of journalism. I, there is, I cannot conceive of, of ambushing, uh, 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 not even the subject of a story, but writing an email to people that I want to interview, but like subtly threatening them. Like, do you really want to be associated with this? Cause you know, I'm going to write this. I, I just, I find it, un- or leading them. She didn't say, what do you know about Dave Portnoy? She's like, you know, he's a very problematic character. Can you comment? Yeah, yeah. This is awful. Really it's awful. bad. It's bad. I mean, you know, Ethan Strauss has a great piece yes. on this over yes. at House of Strauss, you know. And one of the things he's talking about over there is, um, you know, is this, was it journalistically? Uh, not really, because there's not... Hello, Smoke and We've Got em listeners. If you are hearing this, that means you have just listened to the free portion of our, oh, I don't know, bi-weekly episodes with Sarah Heppler. Sarah Heppler, who's just so busy right now, she could not record this little uh, interim moment for you. Um, we're happy to have you here as a free subscriber. If you'd like the entire episodes, please go over to smokeempodcast.substack.com and sign up and subscribe. Then you will get the full episodes every week, plus some special things we drop for you on the weekends and our monthly, our first Sunday Zooms. Again, to get the full fig that 
is smokeempodcast.substack.com. Thanks. <laughs>